Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen or you're actually gonna decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap. All right, I'm gonna do this now. The Wellness Breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the Wellness Guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the Country Place. 10 acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria. February 17 to 19. It's each and every single one of you are gonna support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damien Kristoff. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is The Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicating bring wellness to our lives. Gentlemen, I'm uh, kind of scared, actually. Uh, <laughs> I can hear the nervousness. You guys yeah. are sweat dripping, <laughs> sweating bullets, it sounds. Yeah. Uh, it's his first time, Damien. Yeah, it's my first time. First time. <laughs> It's funny because, um, you know, we're just reflecting just on the pre-show there uh, that we have been running the Wellness Guy Show for five and a half years. We're in, you know, and it's it's weird. We have never actually touched upon this topic. And maybe Damien was right, is that we actually haven't found anybody who we felt confident enough to talk about it. So we would, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, sexuality and uh, and wellness. And today we have the expert, uh, Elise Carr. And uh, Elise is a, well, there's a lot of things we can talk about, Elise, but I'll, I'll let her describe it. But I, I want to say a little couple of things. Uh, one is she's a pioneer of Yoni Power, uh, Sacred Spirituality and Sexual Sexuality Director. And well, I'm sure she'll get into that. Uh, life Empowerment Mentor. She's also a health coach, writer, speaker, model, and uh, tantra practitioner, and uh, many other things. So, so welcome to the show, Elise. Thank you, guys. It's such a pleasure to be here. I'm very honored to be in the presence of, of three incredible souls. So thank you so much for having me on, on the Wellness Guys show. Well, at oh, least that's very nice. Yeah, thank you very much. I think let's start off with the very first question. Uh, could you just how would you describe yourself in two minutes or less? Oh, the timer is ticking. I don't like the pressure there. <laughs> I I'd like to think I'm a very open-minded and grounded soul, and. I'm here to do the work that I've been asked to do. It's definitely not the work that I thought I'd be doing. I thought I was going to be a psychologist, a lawyer, and an international model whilst also being a fashion designer. But I was, you know, seven at the time, so things change. I I now see myself as someone who's here to, to shine light. And I do that through my empowerment coaching and, and as a tantra practitioner, especially through sacred sexuality and, and spirituality. 
Uh, it's um, it, it's a very, very broad range of things that all kind of narrow down to the empowerment of women, which I think is a really great thing. And, you know, through the ages, there's lots of um, – there's been times where women have been disempowered and women are definitely um, very empowered at this point in time of the history of the world, I would say, wouldn't you, Elise? Um, I- and we're – Sorry, I, I, that was a question and an answer. I was <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm nodding and smiling. Yes, please yeah. continue. Damien <laughs> likes to answer his own questions. I oh, know, it's funny. I oh, know, oh, I do. I'm sorry about that. But I'm really fascinated with uh, what you're seeing uh, people are wanting at the moment. You know, you, you, you're working through this empowerment thing. You describe yourself as a feminist. You're on a runway, uh, which many feminists would see as disempowering. Um, You discuss sex uh, in a way, uh, you know, with regards to Tantra, which many people kind of joke and and poke fun at but don't really understand it but would love to do it at the same time. So there's a whole lot of stuff there. What are people really looking for at the moment with, with, you know, within the scope of what you do? Fascinating. I find that the people that are drawn to me are at a stage in their lives where they realize they're at a massive crossroads. And the interesting thing is it's not just them. It's not just the collective consciousness of humanity. It's our entire globe. This is Mother Earth as well. We are at a crossroads. We know this. Everything is shifting and, and we're becoming more and more aware of how disbalanced and out of ease we are within ourselves, a collective, and also Mother Earth. So when it comes to feminism, really this isn't the dirty F word that some people you know, may still connect to. It is about equality. It's about understanding that also we're talking on an energetic level here beyond just the physical. And this is a lot of my work. I work on an energetic level. And when I say this, what I'm talking about is that you and I, all of us, whether we are men or women or whether we say we're in women's bodies or men's bodies, have both the masculine and feminine energy within us. And what that means in a kind of a really simple way is that we are doers and we are beers, right? We are human beings, actually. We're not human doers, but we've designed ourselves to be very forceful, success-driven, must tick the boxes, must get things done. We take this approach in our everyday life, in our career, in the bedroom with our partner or partners, everywhere we show up. And this is a very masculine way of approaching life. It's not in harmony. It's not in balance. It's definitely not a way to live a sacred life. And this is the issue we have with feminism and the feminism movement now. We're seeing many women who, let's say back in the 60s and 70s, we had to be forceful. We had to be masculine to be heard. Now it's about reconnecting with the divine feminine, which all of us are needed. We, we all want to be in nature more. We all want to have a reverence for the earth. We all want to change our lives that we have purpose and passion. We have time to enjoy, that we can express ourselves creatively. You guys are doing this podcast, feminine, creative expression, being of service. This is really about the harmony within us. So when we say equality, we need equality within our own body on an energetic, emotional, spiritual, sexual level, just as much as we do in our relationships, just as much as the whole you know, collective consciousness of humanity and the planet does. So it's a pretty broad thing. But if this sounds overwhelming, just look at yourself and ask yourself, am I doing too much? Am I being too pushing, too nonstop, can't put my phone down, can't have a sleep in, can't actually be still? Or, you know, is my feminine side really kind of driving me? Am I not getting stuff done? Am I being too flighty? Am I being too... I guess, in my mind and not enough in my body. So really it starts with you, if that kind of makes sense. So Elise, do you think there's a lot of confusion now about like gender roles? Like you're talking about uh, girls in the 80s and 90s being told they need to be more more masculine and now they're being told they need to be more feminine. And then guys in response to that are not sure, I think, whether they need to be masculine or feminine, whether they're supposed to be, um, you know, uh, 
leading the way, opening the doors, you know, doing all those lovely things for girls or whether they're not supposed to do that because these girls are feminists and don't want them to do that. (laughs) It seems like both sexes are kind of a little bit confused about what they're supposed to be doing and everyone's kind of telling them they should be doing this or they should be doing that. Do you see that in, in the male and female roles? I hear what you're saying, and and let's just say one thing: chivalry's not dead. You can still open doors. That's not a feminist issue. That's just <laughs> That's something that we could all do. I think of that word. <laughs> yeah, that's no pleasure, but. That, that's just, you know, courtesy or graciousness or we can all open doors. I open doors all the time for people, you know. But what we really need to understand is that we have the answers within us. We look too much on the outside. We look to the media. We look to perhaps our peers or guides. Within us is the truth. You know within your very core how you can show up as your most brightest version of you. You need to kind of still some of the craziness goes on in your mind, the overstimulation, the over-absorption of information that is telling you what to do and go, hang on a minute, what do I really believe is right? What is in alignment with me? How should I be showing up for my beloved? How should I be showing up, you know, for my girlfriend? How should I be showing up for my, for my husband or wife? We know this truth, but we are so bombarded and overstimulated and feeling this pressure to have to be a certain way that we've actually disconnected from our own inner truth. Mm. Awakening that within you by creating some time and space just just to be, you know, and start wh- asking yourself questions is is very powerful. Why do you want at least? Why do you think that is? Because I mean, I know a lot of people, and probably me included, that we are almost afraid to either show our true self, or they're all really afraid to even identify or find that true self to empower. You know, the, the, the empowerment that actually comes from within. Why Why do you think we are like that? Of course we're scared because we've been conditioned, socially and psychologically conditioned, to take the hero's journey. The hero's journey, bless Joseph Conrad, it is brilliant. It's all about going out to the world, conquering, slaying the dragons, whatever those challenges are, ticking the boxes, getting the career, getting the house, getting that partner, having children, traveling the world, whatever it is, right? We have this very external desire built into us, programmed into us, you know, through all those machines I talked about. But that's not our innate nature. Our innate nature is actually to take the heroine's journey, whether you're a man or a woman. And I say this is the journey to divine empowerment. This is the journey to going within. This is the journey confronting your ego or your dark self. It's the journey to confront the stories you tell yourself and start acknowledging that you're the one that's creating this fear. You're the one that's creating these blocks. You're the one that's creating this stagnation in your career, your sexual life, your passions, However it is, we have much more control really than we realize, but also than we want to acknowledge. It's so much easier giving your power away. It is disempowering. It can be very painful, but it is so much easier. The path of least resistance, doing the big work to really become an empowered, conscious being on this planet means going within and facing your truth. You know, who am I? Who am I? How do I show up every day? What choices do I make? Am I making conscious choices? You know, this this may seem really a little bit, you know, esoteric for some people or a little bit too psychological or it kind of encompasses all different areas. It depends how you want to approach it. But at the end of the day, you have to really sit with yourself and, and be honest. And to me, this is part of empowerment because it's about living into your truth, living into your integrity. And when you start walking that path of your highest, most conscious self, all different facets of your life will fall into place. You'll find that the way you make love with your beloved, I say, or your partner, girlfriend, husband, wife, you connect with them. It's not about the end result of having an orgasm. It's about that journey of being, connecting, and, and raising that consciousness and feeling a love, intimate connection. When you have a conversation with a stranger on the bus, you're really present with them. 
and you realize that that they're a teacher for you. We just start to shift our perspective and and this is empowerment. This can change our entire life. It can change the way you step up to the next meeting. It can change the way, you know, your next interview may run. We don't really sit with our truth enough to face it and and get our power back. It's it's a waste. It's a waste of a life. And we only have this one life in this body, right? This experience, whether you believe in reincarnation or not. We've got this one experience right now. So much potential and I don't mind if you, you know, you feel you're a successful person on the outside, on the inside, we know that's invaluable and that's where the real work needs to be. And it's scary. Yeah, you're right. It's why we avoid it. This is fascinating. This is fascinating. So often, I mean, the three of us uh, do a lot of speaking and uh, and crafting our talks and crafting our stories is often uh, based around the hero's journey. Mm. And so, uh, I, you know, being a visual a visual kind of person, I need to see what that looks like. And I go, okay, yeah, well, like I've seen Star Wars, I've seen Batman, I've seen Spider Man, I've seen Superman, I've seen all of these sorts of movies. Even Wonder Woman uh, is the is the hero's journey. What, yeah. what does the heroine's journey look like? I, I can't really visualize and really seeing it here but for everyone else who's listening what what does a heroine's journey look like that is such an awesome question the heroine's journey is like it's a calling just like the hero's journey but it's a calling to honor your truth and and we might look at this symbolically as having to stand naked before a doorway to go down underneath. And this is like Persephone going into Hades, going into the underworld, going into her shadow self. This is you having to stand before your ego. And your ego is going to say, you are a judgmental, self-centered, rara, all these things that are going to come up. And while that may be painful, there's going to be some truth in that because it's going to reflect the choices you've made, the way you're living your life, the way you show up, the way you are in your intimate relationships. And what you're going to be asked to do is strip yourself naked, not just take your clothes off because let's face it, anyone can do that. This is really bearing your soul and sitting with that and acknowledging that, you know what, this probably goes back to also my connection with my mother. This goes back to a connection with my father. This goes back to that relationship I had when I was, you know, a young child, how I connected with my teacher. Start to see how through your life you have given your power away and been shaped and molded by the way you did certain things, the way you showed up. And start to bring parts of yourself back to the here and now. And the way we have to do that is actually through an act of forgiveness. You have to ask the forgiveness of yourself, of your soul. And this is a mystical act. This isn't just like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, I see it. I understand what I've been doing. I forgive myself. No, no, no. You have to come from heart and soul. This is the difference. It's all within. It's all internal. So while I can draw your beautiful map and I can definitely send you an image of, of what this may look like, the reality is it's a very unique journey. Because there's going to be different layers of yourself that you haven't even stood naked as such in front of before. So, Elise, is it fair to say then that I guess the hero's journey might be fighting like outer demons, outer, you know, yeah. outer beings? And, and the the heroine's journey you're talking about is really more about fighting the inner demons? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Good, Good on you, mate. Uh, I'm a little bit impressed. You point to Steph there. Steph must be there with you. Is that what's going on? There's, you've got some kind of – I'm, I'm not – He's speechless. What we're t- <laughs> I'm not sure what Damo said because it cut out a little bit, so I didn't I quite did. catch it, but I'm sure he was having to go on me. <laughs> this is also an understanding of, of life, death, rebirth, which the divine feminine, you know, as in birthing children, birthing everything, can tap into. So we're also looking here at at the birth and death of our own ego. 
we have to understand that this person we've created is is a story, is a fabrication. That successful person who's out there doing stuff is is a story. Doesn't mean it doesn't you know exist on some level, but it's not your inner truth. So we've got to really understand there's a value in letting part of that version of you die away. It's like we hear sometimes of, you know, rock stars who who choose not to follow that path anymore because the free sex, the drugs, the rock and roll, the whole lifestyle isn't actually nourishing part of them. And they go off and, and join, you know, some monks in India or whatever and, and they actually find their truth and they come back and they end up writing spiritual music instead. We hear this kind of stuff all the time and, and this is it because they had to take an inner journey because all that external success, while it nourished to a point and while it felt good, it's, it's what we call glamour. It's personality. It's the outer shell. It's not your inner depth. And when we really get into our inner depth, our truth, we can change our life. But it means you have to confront your relationship with your mother, confront the relationship with your father, confront your own shadow, understand that, you know, you have been the one that's given your power away the whole time. That's sometimes the hardest pill to swallow Mm. because when trauma is involved here, and I work with people a lot on this level, whether that is abuse, neglect, abandonment, rape, miscarriage, something, you know, a violent upbringing, all different things for men or women, when we, we turn this around and, and see that that trauma, that you played a, you know, a part in that, even though I'm not excusing, you know, this by any means, horrible things happen to people all the time and I'm not saying that that is okay. I'm just saying we energetically, emotionally, spiritually are holding on to these memories in our body. Now, you guys, you know, as, as doctors working in, you know, any kind of medical field, you understand how we have memory in our minds, but we also have muscle memory. Like if you have an injury or a broken bone, you know, the bone will heal, but there's still going to be a memory there of that. It's the same thing with, with trauma in our body. And we hold this and it actually influences the way our story, the way our life plays out. Hmm. You know, well, it can be something really simple, but this stuff is quite deep. And until we clear it and face it, we're not going to be living in our full power. You know, when we started the podcast, and I said I was nervous, and you know, there's, I wasn't really being too nervous, but there's a part of me that actually is, like, because simply because I think as society, as a society, we don't kind of dive into the and being open about sexuality, for example. So, how does this play in the role of the expression of sexuality, and why are we sort of so timid about talking about sex in this? Yeah, way? it's a great point. The trauma is part of it, you know, as I just touched on. If we have traumas, we often hold it in um, an energy center, a part of our body, and, and that body normally connects to our sex organs. And speaking once again on an energetic level, that space connects to our sex and sexuality, to our power in relation to other people, to our connection to money, and to our creativity. So if you find that any of those areas of your life aren't flowing freely, I guarantee you your sex life is not going to be how you want it to be either. And the reason why this is taboo is because – Throughout the years, it's been suppressed within us. Whether you are someone who has a religious faith and and practices it or not, it is ingrained in the human psyche that it is dirty, that good girls don't do this, or that guys are supposed to conquer and have as many women as possible before they have to get, you know, locked down with one woman for the rest of their lives. All these imprints you will see in movies, in books, in your, you know, conversation you have with perhaps your grandparents, or it is there. And once again, this is this program that's been put on us, and we need to disengage from that we need to unlearn that to relearn our truth and our truth is that we are sexual beings and that connecting to your sacred sexual and spiritual energy 
we say in Tantra that the sacred sexuality and the sacred spirituality, they weave together to expand consciousness. We want to use alchemy here. We want to combine this to reach our highest potential. And when we start looking at this from a place of reverence, that instead of sex, we look at it as lovemaking or as being love, we shift our perspective. This is why, unfortunately, you know, porn, which is so void of heart and reality, does a, an injustice and a disservice to our real understanding and a real connection to how beautiful and powerful this process can be you know that's just one element of it at least yeah this is opening up quite a lot of um a lot of questions because you know deep within society even throughout you know advertising and um, in our television shows that are on mainstream television there is a portrayal of the way in which sex is done and uh and so it's it's the the concept of sex particularly with the younger generation, the generations coming up, uh, is very, very different and, and incredibly, I suppose, polluted with images um, that aren't really what you're describing at all, Elise. And, uh, yeah. and so that is very concerning. So how do we fix that? How do we help people move in a direction where they, you know, get in touch with, you know, what is more, the more beautiful parts of sex as opposed to just the images of sex that um, are portrayed in the media? I love that. And I also found it interesting, even without perhaps even realizing, you said the way sex is done and, and that the doing is masculine. And this is our issue. Our issue is that because we're so out of balance within ourselves, women as well as men, because we've had to kind of step into a more masculine way to be seen and heard, we do sex. You know, it's like, okay, you know, it's, it's Friday night. This is when we get it on or, you know, you just, you just do it because you have to, because you want to, because you've felt stressed, you just want to have a release. It's a very masculine way you know you don't have to ask you know answer this question but just think with yourselves you guys and those listening you know do I ever actually schedule a lovemaking session and put two hours aside to really deep with my beloved phones off candles on music on and we are there and we do this on a regular basis you know and we be in that space together be if we look at sex as as a being as a uniting of forces as the ultimate harmony whether you are in, you know, a relationship with a man and you're a man or with a woman and you're a woman or, you know, men and women together, however it looks for you, whatever that is, it doesn't matter. But just being and looking at that as, as a creative process, as a, as a natural organic opportunity to just co connect and surrender and worship each other, coming from a place of reverence, of love. You know, really, yes, looking at this beautiful naked body, but really seeing beyond that, looking to someone's soul, like through eye gazing as an example. And what's really interesting is that most people like to close their eyes when they have sex, let alone make love. And interestingly enough, even when you're on the street, how often can someone actually hold your gaze or do you hold someone else's gaze and you're like, oh, no, you look away because it's too intimate. It's too personal. They might think you're attracted to them. They might think you're coming onto them and, oh, you can't have that because you're in a relationship. It's really funny. We, we actually cut ourselves off without even realizing it because of, once again, this programming. So we have to, you know, unlearn to relearn. And, and for some people, that means actually not watching pornography. And I'm not saying, you know, deprive yourself. I'm saying explore other ways of turning yourself on, of lighting yourself up, of finding a deeper, more enriching connection with the person you want to be with. And if there isn't a person in, in, you know, in your life at the moment, then connect with yourself. You don't need to be in a relationship. And I, you know, I do suggest even if you are to value connection with yourself and if the whole idea of self-pleasure or masturbation doesn't do it for you and you find it's, you know, it's dirty or it's wrong or whatever 
you know, maybe just being with yourself is enough to start with. And for guys who find that they self-pleasure a lot, maybe you realize now that you're doing that because you are stimulating yourself by pornography or by some kind of fantasy. We want to strip away this glamour, strip away this fantasy, strip away this external and come back to just the pure, raw, authentic you alone or you with your beloved and, and try that. I have an article called Scheduling Sacred Sessions, which is like scheduling lovemaking. And I'll share with you guys to pop in the show notes because it's a really beautiful way of starting to see how we schedule our lives. Everything's so masculine. We schedule this appointment now to have a chat. This is how we do life. But to be, we also sometimes need to look at it from a masculine perspective to start to make sure it gets in the mix. So we schedule our lovemaking session. We lock that time in so it's non-negotiable to be with our beloved or with ourselves. And then in that space that we create, that time and space, we just be, we explore. And orgasm gonna, is not the end goal for the record. I, just, I, I don't want to go back too far because this whole conversation is so fantastic and, and really fascinating. What are, one of the things that's confusing me a little bit, um, yeah. not around um, the, the sex part of it, but the scheduling part of it, I find this mm. really fascinating because there's been a, a really big push. And I don't want to, I think Brett's got some questions that will follow on from what we've just been talking about. But just going back a little bit, we talk about a, you know, the act of doing sex is a very masculine thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're talking about gender equality in the workplace and women are trying to find and regain a position in the workplace. You know, they may yeah. have had you know, a, a great career, stopped, had a couple of kids, now trying to find their way back into the workplace, found themselves mm-hmm. somewhat disconnected, wages aren't equal, um, you know, pay, all, all of these things. And so women are having to find themselves operating in a very male-dominated um, workplace quite often, which means they're yes. going to behave like men. And then all of a sudden we're expecting that um, both men and women would switch into a more feminine um, state of mind uh, to to engage in the art or in the practice of of making love, and, mm-hmm. and they seem to be so disconnected. How do how does that become bridged? How how does somebody who's so entrenched in scheduling um, in the workplace then disengage from that um, in the home? I love that. And that is such a powerful question. And, and I work with clients on this, especially because many people find themselves, as you said, entrenched completely in, in the machine or the system working in you know, a corporate world or a heavy masculine environment and wanting to find themselves again and have a reconnection. And the reality is, if there is a calling for you, you have to answer that call. And you have to start getting some perspective and see how your life's playing out. And if you choose to live into this anymore, or if you choose to make some conscious choices. So it comes down to the individual and like anything, how much do you want this? And is this how you want to show up? It's, it is a big shift. And we're not asking you to go from one end to the other. Like you said, we need to bridge this. And one of the ways we do that is, is sometimes feeling into your why. Why do you do what you do? What is your purpose? What is your passion? And And in doing that, in starting to take some time to really sit with this and ask these questions, that's when the space for understanding that there is power in being a woman in a masculine workplace can open up. That is when, as a man who perhaps works with some women and maybe is in a higher position, then starts to actually feel uncomfortable that the woman that's beside him is not getting paid as much as he is. Now, this may not occur to some people in their entire life, but ideally, it will occur to enough people so that change can be made. Because it has to start within each of us as individuals. We can't just all of a sudden change our collective consciousness overnight. You're right. It's not going to happen. You have to actively want to make these choices yourself. And you know what's even greater if you can share that journey with someone, whether it's with a coach or director or with it's your, you know, w- whether it's with your beloved or a friend, that can help too. 
Um, Elise, I'm really curious about this, <clears throat> and I'm curious about what you're saying about the the male and the feminine the feminine roles, um, because you know you're sort of saying that really we need to stop doing and start being more that that males and females need to start adopting more of that feminine side of themselves, and it it's kind of reminded me of some stuff I've I've watched and listened to from Anthony Robbins, and and he talks about the importance of having. Uh, that contrast of the male and the feminine role as well and, and how important that can be for bonding and for relationships and those sort of things. So I guess my question to you is if we're encouraging males and females to adopt more of a feminine side to themselves and, and more of a feminine role, is there a risk that maybe having two people adopting the male role uh, – well, sorry, two people adopting the feminine role is just as detrimental to a relationship as having two people adopting more of a feminine role? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And like we find in nature, normally when something goes to, you know, one extreme end of the spectrum, it almost has to swing back to the polar opposite because everything's in harmony. We have night and day. We have, you know, summer and winter. It might have to, you know, swing back to the other side before it can come back into harmony. Because what we're talking about here, it's, it's not like adopting a persona as such. It's already within us. We need to awaken it because it's been suppressed. So, we, we don't have to kill off the masculine. The masculine's great. I have much reverence for it. It has got stuff done. We need it every day. We just need to understand that we've suppressed the feminine for so long that it's time to nurture it and to give it some time and space to breathe and be creative. So, we're not going to be neglecting the masculine to the point where the feminine's going to take over in a negative sense. But there may you know, be a shift within you where you might need to go into a real feminine state. Like let's say for someone, for some guys, it's kind of going off on a retreat, take themselves out of their environment, going off with other groups of guys, being led into themselves deeper than ever. For some women, it's it's sitting in a circle or having gatherings. Sometimes we need to go to an extreme opposite to then come back to our reality, to be living, you know, in this world we've created to find harmony. So, Absolutely. It's it's possible that we may need to go to the other end for an experience, not to stay there, but to feel it, to get it, to wake us up, to shake us, to bring us to our truth so we can start living in that true awakened harmony of our inner masculine feminine being like a marriage, like that sacred union we want externally with a beloved. We've got to have it within us. We've got to have that harmony because if we push, push, push and we keep going at this masculine drive that we're at, we're going to destroy ourselves because we're already destroying the earth. It's inevitable. But isn't that the the tail end of the heroine's journey? Isn't it? Is is the actually you know integrating the masculine and the feminine within each you know each of us? Right? Is to you're exactly. saying that most of us are actually because we live in a masculine world, we we ignore the feminine side of us. And what you're saying is that we're mm-hmm. trying to embrace that feminine side we've been negating for a very very long mm-hmm. time. And then at the end of that is to how do you integrate the masculine and feminine into the world um, that mm-hmm. we actually already live in? Is that sort of what you're saying? That's it. We need to have integration. Just look at that. We need to integrate men and women. We need to integrate masculine and feminine. We need to integrate the two halves of the same coin. It's like we look at yin and yang. They fit perfectly together. They work in unison. There is flow. We need day and night. It works in unison. It works in harmony. We seem to have disconnected from this natural, organic, universal rhythm of life, thinking that we're somehow superior and we're trying to change the system. We can't change that. That is how the universe functions. We need to be able to work with it and flow with it, and that's how we're going to evolve to our greatest point when we can ascend to to this new way of, of being in harmony. I think the power of what you just said, I, this has been a fascinating conversation, at least. I really want to thank you for, for joining us on this. And I think that, you know, the end um, of this is that is to wrap it up. I think the sun summary is that when you and each of us embrace 
our true self, then we become more empowered. And that's actually what the power is within each of us. It's, it's what people are attracted um, attracted to in a way, not sexuality, but yeah. just attracted to because that's your true you showing up. I think that's the, the, the essence of what you're trying to say. And I think that's really, really powerful. Um, th- I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm smiling here. That's exactly it. And that is awakening your, your empowerment. Power is external. Empowerment comes from within. And, and that that's where the juicy excitement is for life-changing work. Well, Elise, thank you so much again. Like it's been a, a, like it's just it's a fascinating conversation. I, I think that people will be going back and reviewing this particular podcast uh, and re-listening to it because there's a lot of you know gems that you actually put out there. And I want to make sure that people go and check you out too as well. Um, it's StellaMuse.com is your website, and I'd love to make sure we'll put that in the show notes. And I know you said you had a free ebook that um, you know people can get at, and also the we'll definitely add the uh, um, the article that you were talking about before during early in the show. I think that's going to be fascinating. Uh, for people to kind of watch. So again, thank you, Elise, uh, for joining us on this podcast. Thank you so much, Lawrence, Brett, Damien. It's been a pleasure, you guys, at Gems Yourself. And I love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. We need more of this. And especially coming from men. I love that. <laughs> Take care, guys. Thank you. So guys, like, make sure you go on to Facebook uh, and Facebook uh, slash The Wellness Guys or The Wellness Couch. Make sure you like us there and share this uh, with other friends. We'd love to hear about your thoughts on this, actually, and uh, love to hear your comments about this particular podcast. Uh, I think at least we'll get a lot uh, for feedback from this, too, as well. So subscribe to us on iTunes while you're there. Leave us a great rating and also a comment. And so make sure you tell someone someone else about the Wellness Guys show. Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example. Let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on the Wellness Guys show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.